Good morning, welcome to Western Park Baptist for this virtual service on August 8th. Last week, I spent a few days on a farm in St. Catharines. I was helping a friend who had a stroke last year and he has been struggling since. The family and the farm have been facing difficult times as they were unable to hire any farm workers in, uh, in last year and this year. While I was there, there was plenty of time to, to talk, to meet people. There was also time to pray and read. I remember one day while harvesting garlic with Davy, another volunteer who just moved there, we shared a bit about our work, our interest, and, uh, and then he asked me this question, John, what is the good life to you? This question caused me to stop for a moment before providing an answer. And this morning we want to look at the parable of the talents or the bags of gold. To recap, learning that John the Baptist has been put in prison, Jesus returns to Galilee and begins to preach, telling the people to repent as the kingdom of God is near. He tells his disciple and the crowd not to store for themselves treasures on earth, but to, to store treasures in heaven and to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I think it is worth noting that the parable of the talents is among the last teachings of Jesus. As in the following chapter, chapter 26, he's arrested. The disciples were curious about this new kingdom. When will it come? And Jesus tells them, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. And then he tells the familiar story of the rich man who asked his servants to take care of his wealth while he goes on a journey. And you are very familiar with that story. There are three servants. He calls them and he says to them, he gives the first one five talents. He gives the second one two talents and he gives the third one one talent. And he tells them to take care of this wealth while, he, while he's away. While there are multiple lessons for us to learn here, I would like to focus on three. Lesson number one, the master is God and the servants are us, his people. There is a covenant relationship between us, the followers of Christ, and Christ himself. We see in the parable that the master makes an agreement with his servants, a covenant. Just as you and I are in a covenant with Jesus Christ, Dan Moller defined covenant as all that is yours is mine and all that is mine is yours. He adds that the greatest reciprocation of covenant with Christ is that all that is mine 
all that is his, sorry, all that is yours is his. Talent here means more than just material resources. In addition, this includes a time, a talents, a gifts, abilities. They all belong to God and will eventually return to him. Often we feel that who we are today and what we have, very often we think ourselves as hardworking and we say things like, oh, we've sacrificed our time, we've worked hard. And the results are an attestation of all of this. Very often we also say, we have paid our dues. And that's why we are where we are today. We pride ourselves by statements such as, have worked hard for everything I have and own. Yet the first lesson of the story is that what you and I have today come from the master, God himself. He has entrusted these things for us for some time. While thinking about this, I realize that very often we pray and use the words from Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. If really we have lacked nothing, it is only because the shepherd has been there all along to provide things to us. Everything comes from Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Other lessons we can learn here is that the amount of resources given to each servant is different. And there's no explanation as to why this is so. As an aside, very often we get jealous or envious of what others have. In a way, being envious is questioning God's sovereignty. Thinking about what others have and that God really doesn't know how to allocate resources. In a way, we are saying that a judgment is better than his. So we are in this covenant relationship with God. Lesson number two is that there is a directive from the master. While God has decided to provide different amounts of resources to all the three servants, the directive to each one of them is the same. Take care of these while I'm away. My first reaction, I would say my gut feeling to this command would be, you know what? I need to protect these. I don't want to lose what the master has given to me. At least I want to give him back what he gave me. But the lesson here is that in this parable, this is not good enough. But there is a call to develop and invest what God has given us on his behalf. And so we see that after the, the master's departure, the man who re had received five talents put it to work and he gained five more. 
And the same happens with the second servant. He gained two more. Now, you know, we do not have much info about the motives of each of these servants. We do not know anything about their past, their track records, their education, their training, their upbringing. But remember, it is Jesus telling the story. I would suggest that if a text does not include any such info, it is because it doesn't really matter and therefore it is irrelevant. What is relevant is what the master expects of each of his servants, what Jesus expects of us. We have a role to play in the kingdom of God. God has provided to us resources, treasures, time, talents. We are called to use it in his kingdom and for, the ki for his kingdom. We are called, just like these servants, to take risk. I don't know what, what risks mean to you. They may be different for each one of us. But the expectations are the same. I would even go further to suggest that Jesus is telling us to risk it all. Because what we see in this parable is that the first and the second servant, they risk all that were given to them. There seems to be no half measures. Either you are for me or against me. Either you follow me or you are not. Either you are in the kingdom or you are not. Remember earlier in chapter 8, Jesus responding to a request from one of his followers who asked to be excused from his responsibilities to go and bury his father said, follow me. Let the dead bury their own dead. How we use our resources, our time, our talents is not just to benefit us or families. But I believe it goes well beyond that. We may think for a moment that once we put our day's work, it's time for us just to relax and enjoy the free time. We deserve that free time. In a relationship with God and vice versa, what is at stake is the kingdom of God. Lesson number three. We need to give an answer about what we have done for the master, what we have done for the gifts and resources he has provided to us. The story goes on to say in verse 19 that after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. In a way, this represents the day of judgment when each one of us has to give an account of how We've spent our lives, our resources, our treasures, our time. Note it says after a long time. Many of us feel that indeed it has been a long time since the world has been waiting for Christ's return. While waiting, we are called to develop and use what God has entrusted to us. We've all been given gifts, no matter what our age, our education, our family status, our wealth, whether we were born here or not, there will be a time of judgment and we will 
have to give an account to the master. And there can only be two outcomes. The person who received the five talents and the person who received the two talents, whether you've received a lot or whether you've received very little, the reward is the same. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. For the third servant, the words are harsh, and so is the punishment. The master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. It can be put this way. Are our lives defined by faith or fear? Are we faithful or are we fearful? We know that in this parable, the first two servants, they live by faith. They invested everything that God had given them. And the third servant, he lived by fear. We have been tasked to be engaged in the building of God's kingdom. Jesus, talking about the timing, said, Neither they say, look here, look there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Think about that for a moment. The kingdom of God is within us. We are called to invest and leverage the resources in God's kingdom. We are told we have been given gifts and we need to continue in developing them. To use a slogan, it is in us to give away, not to bury out of fear. We are reminded over and over not to be afraid because the God of the universe has a name written on the palm of his hands that he knows exactly how many hair are on a head. The God of the universe in this parable reminds us that since all come and belong to him, to not be fearful like the wicked servant and risk it all, not a part of it, and the reward will be eternal joy. In 1 Peter chapter 4, we read, Each one of us has received a gift, ministering it among yourselves as good stewards of the varied grace of God. The ultimate reward of the Christian, of you and me, is to continue to live in the presence of God. Coming back to the question that Davy Ask me on the farm, I was able to share my faith with him. And I told him that living the good life is living in obedience, the life Christ has prepared for me. When I was a kid, every night before going to bed, I would pray quietly, bringing all my requests and demands to God, such as to help me with my school test and to let me come first in class. But I remember I would every day say these two phrases. I would tell God to write my name in his book of life 
and to save a place for me in his kingdom. Now that I am an, uh, now that I am an adult, I realize that how often I take the kingdom of God for granted. The parable reminds us to live our lives as sons and daughters of the kingdom. In this kingdom, we are called to rise and shine. We are told that we are the salt of the earth. We are told to look at our bodies as the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are told to remain connected to Christ as branches are connected to the vine. We are told to continue to seek his face, to listen to the shepherd's voice in the midst of so many voices. We are told to use our time, our talents, our treasures to bring glory to God. Let me close with these words from Hebrews. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may, he, may his work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever.